but we'll uh we'll move on to our next subject which is janet yellen going to beijing hello uh why is she doing this uh, uh i suppose we'll find out but the u.s treasury secretary janet yellen will be traveling to beijing between july 6th and july 9th for meetings with senior chinese officials on a a broad range of issues, and I'm reading this uh, article here, a broad range of issues, including U.S. concerns about a new Chinese counter-espionage law, uh, a senior Treasury official said on Sundays. Yellen's long-anticipated trip, shoot, I didn't hear about it. <laughs> I haven't heard about it. Yellen's long-anticipated trip, they say this as if this is normal for the, the U.S. Treasury Secretary to be going to foreign countries. Why is my question, but I, I suppose I'll reserve that until I get through this. Uh, Yellen's long-anticipated trip is part of a push by President Joe Biden to deepen communication between the world's two largest economies, stabilize the relationship, and minimize the risks of mistakes when disagreements arise. This, this same official told the reporters, the same one who said that uh, Janet Yellen was going to Beijing. Uh, that is a blatant lie because, <laughs> uh, and and these, this article states it, it comes just weeks after Secretary of State Antony Blinken's, Antony Blinken visited Beijing and agreed with Chinese President Xi Jinping to stabilize ties and ensure the two countries' intense rivalry does not veer into conflict. And then China protested loudly when Biden subsequently referred to Xi as a dictator. Now, analysts say that that remark had little impact on efforts to improve ties, but we know the value of analysts in the modern day. So just that, just the fact, I'm surprised that they included that in the article. Um, so this person, this senior official within the treasury, supposedly, uh, yeah, the senior treasury official says that Yellen's going to Beijing from June 9th, from June 6th to June 9th. He's going to talk about a broad range of issues, including this Chinese counter espionage law that we talked about earlier on in today's episode. And that this is part of a push by President Biden to deepen communications and stabilize the relationship. Except that man sabotaged all of Blinken's uh, rather minimal gains, mind you but gains nonetheless that even I had to admit that he got by doing something useful for once in his life. Biden sabotaged that in less than 24 hours. Like imagine being Blinken and sitting there getting lectured by the Chinese for what, three days straight in multi in these long multi-hour sessions where he's literally just sitting there getting talked at. He's there's not even really a conversation going on. Like he gets to speak on, on a few occasions, but it's really just them talking down to this man. Like, look, you want this audience. Now here's what you're gonna do. We are tired of this, 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 and this. And if you're serious, you'll prove it. And if you're not serious, we're not surprised. That man sat through hours upon hours of lecturing. I'm sure he hasn't been lectured like that since he was in college. <laughs> but he did all that 
he finally did something useful, which was that he actually stated what the legal U.S. position is on China, on Taiwan, which is that we do not recognize Taiwan. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. We don't we don't recognize them. We shouldn't be supporting independence. We shouldn't be doing that when our policy is the one China policy. Hello. Uh, yeah, he did something useful. Biden sabotaged that in less than a day. Sabotaged in less than a day. So the idea that this is part of a biden's plan to deepen communications is a blatant lie um perhaps that this person just doesn't know that and so it's just that they're uninformed but it's it's crazy that we're now expecting something useful to come from treasury secretary janet yellen going to beijing what's she gonna accomplish i couldn't tell you and why is she going? The, the Treasury Secretary? I also couldn't tell you. Um, and this is not just why is she going to China. Why is she going to other countries? The, this is not the Treasury Secretary's you know, purview. Certainly not in an independent capacity. Sure, if, if this was a delegation that Biden brought with him in some grand trip to China, then okay, I could see the Treasury Secretary coming. I could see the Minister of Agriculture and, and the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State. I could see all that. But in an independent capacity, no. This is not your purview. Stay where you are. This is Blinken's job, for better or worse. But I guess she's going to China. I, was, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the... The Treasury Chief, Janet Yellen, plans to tell China's new economic team that Washington will continue to defend human rights. Okay, so she's going to accomplish literally nothing. <laughs> I, you, you can tell just based off the, the, the language used that literally nothing is going to come from this trip other than more disappointment. I don't even know if you can call it disappointment because I expect nothing. I don't know why the Treasury Secretary is going, but... Just judging off of that statement alone, I can tell you literally nothing of value is going to be talked about and nothing useful is going to be gained from this. But she's going, Washington will continue to defend human rights and its own national security interests via targeted actions against China, but wants to work with Beijing on urgent challenges such as climate change and debt distress faced by many countries. Um, okay. So again, <laughs> literally nothing of use is going to be talked about. Literally nothing. You're going to defend human rights where? In China? You have no jurisdiction in China. And that's what a lot of these human rights advocates don't quite understand. Now, they, they take up the moral position that we have to defend human rights. Okay, how are you going to defend them in a country that doesn't let you in? It's one thing to just bomb some third world country and force yourself onto them. You can't do that with China. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You can't enforce Jack Diddley or Squat in China. So how are you going to enforce these human rights? You're going to take selective actions, targeted actions against China. If that's your stance, why are you going to China? Why are you even having this meeting? It 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 boggles the mind how all these people think that they're they're doing something they all think that they're doing something they all think they're so uh, enlightened but they're all equally dumb and, and they learn nothing from each other and each other's mistakes 
that that staffer, that high level official, actually thinks that Joe Biden has this initiative where he's trying to make amends with China. But he sabotaged that same initiative in less than twenty four hours. It's it's I I don't know. I really don't know what in tarnation is happening. Like you you're you want to defend human rights in a place that you have no jurisdiction. You have to defend your national security interests. I mean that's that's okay. That's good. Okay. But what does that have to do with China? Why are you gonna bring why are you you know what, you know, I'll just leave it there. It's a good thing you're gonna you're gonna bring that up. Okay, that's good. You we, we want to defend our national security interests, that's good, okay, okay. And but you're gonna do so via targeted actions against China. Okay, so then why are you going to talk to the Chinese? Why are you why what's the point of the meeting if that's your stance? Um, but you want to work with Beijing on urgent challenges, okay, such as climate change. Why? Why? The Russians are not, I don't know if you noticed, but the Russians are not going to give up hydrocarbons. They're not going to give up natural gas. They're not going to give up coal. They're not going to give up oil. So why would you even approach them with this? That'd be like going to Saudi Arabia and saying, hey, we need you to stop producing oil altogether. Now, you might have their attention with the production cut, but an end of oil? Why would they want that? Why would, why would they want that? They make you, you have any idea how much money they make off of oil? They want to get away from being wholly dependent on this one resource, sure. And it's a good idea, especially with nuclear fusion looming. The, the, the Chinese are really pushing it in that uh, regard. They're, they're pushing boundaries. But... You want to end. You want to end hydrocarbons. You want to. You want to get rid of oil. You want to get rid of coal. You want to get rid of natural gas. That's our entire economy. I don't know if you know that. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but that's a, a really significant portion of the Russian economy. Why would Why would you do that? Why would you do that? The Chinese are not going to give this up. They're not going to give up coal, oil, and natural gas, especially considering that they are not self-sufficient in energy production. They have to import coal. They have to import oil. They have to import natural gas. Why would they go along with you on fighting climate change, especially in the misguided way that people like Yellen believe in climate change, which is that it's some disaster that needs to be averted and the way you avert it is by destroying the standard of living of your people, by getting rid of the energy inputs that make industry and modern life possible. Why would the Chinese do that? That they just industrialized after getting pooped on by industrialized powers for a century, their century of humiliation. They just finished industrializing and they're still going. Why would they sacrifice that? Because you're afraid of climate change now. Really think about it. who you're talking to. Like, what is what is your purpose? This whole thing boggles my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to push through here. I'm still going to push through. You want to talk about urgent challenges such as climate change and debt distress faced by many countries. Again, what does that have to do with the United States? What does that have to do with the United States? Because the Chinese didn't just force the loans onto other people. Those other countries took the loans. They knew the risks. They knew what they were signing up to. They are sovereign entities and they can make their own decisions and they chose to take the Chinese loans. So what 
purview does the United States have in inserting ourselves into that equation? What are we, are we gonna go pay off their debts? We the most indebted nation in the, on the face of the earth and in human history are gonna go helping other countries pay off their debts? That's nonsensical. That's nonsensical. So what is, what is the point here? The debt was incurred through a consensual transaction between those other countries and China, and we have no capacity to do anything about that debt that doesn't involve us doing something incredibly stupid, like paying for other people's debts while our debt goes up and up and up. What is the point of this trip? I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But Yellen goes on to say, quote, we seek a healthy economic relationship with China, one that fosters growth and innovation in both countries. And, and she continues by saying, we do not seek to decouple our economies. Uh, a full cessation of trade and investment will be destabilizing for both our economies and the global economy. And, and quote, and on that, she would be correct. I don't think the decoupling is quite going to happen. Although I do believe the United States and China can uh, disentangle by quite a bit. We can go quite a quite a ways. Now, completely, I don't think so. But if the United States industrialized, you would see one manufacturing giant and another manufacturing giant. Now, perhaps the industrialization of the United States would actually deepen economic and trade ties with China. But hey, we'd be industrializing and we'd be able to make our own stuff. So in that regard, it'd be a mutually beneficial arrangement to have that trade. But at the same time, the United States has a lot of its own raw materials. We have our own energy resources. The Chinese don't. We have uh, cheap transportation, although the Chinese do have high-speed rail. But we can build that as well. It just would take time. But in time, the United States would be capable of self-sufficiency to a much larger degree than the Chinese would because the Chinese depend on raw materials that come from outside of China, whereas the United States has a lot of those raw materials inside of the United States. So while the Chinese cannot necessarily go for an, uh, in, what is the word? What is the word? It's not an autocracy. Uh, Autarky. The Chinese can't quite go for an autarky, but the Americans, we can come as close as you can get, especially for an economy of our size. We can get very close to an autarky, an autarky, because we have the resources. So once you have the manufacturing and the refining capacity within your own country, and you have the resources, and you have the market, because we have one of the largest commercial markets in the world, we can decouple on our own accord. So. Perhaps it's a possibility, but then again, mutually beneficial trade between China and the United States would probably deepen in terms of the sheer volume, perhaps as a percentage of the economy, it would shrink, but the sheer volume, if the United States industrialized, oh my God, you're talking the largest trade partnership in the world, in human history, really. So I think she's correct when she says that decoupling might not be in the best interest of the two countries. Although some degree of self-sufficiency is definitely in order for both us and China. That that has to be built in. Otherwise, you create these very dangerous interdependencies that can lead to conflict. 
so some degree of self-sufficiency or capability for self-sufficiency should be in order for both china and the united states the chinese are already there america where that's already our mentality so once we get there i think we'll be fine i think we'll actually be really fine once we're there and then we can focus purely on trade and making deals with the chinese so in this regard i do believe she is correct uh where we want a good economic relationship with the chinese and by having that you can foster growth and innovation in both countries just by having a, a working trade relationship which is actually what trump was working towards he was working toward the deal with china not towards some retarded war with china uh, that's uh, one of the overlooked aspects of china of not chinese of trump's foreign policy was that it was in pursuit of it was always in pursuit of a deal always in pursuit of a deal for better or for worse it was a, a good fault to have but he was always looking for the deal he wanted to negotiate his way out of every problem that we had so when he comes when he comes back we can we're probably looking at the biggest trade deal in human history <laughs> being worked out with the chinese but yeah a full cessation of trade and investment would be destabilizing for both of our countries she is right and because america and china are the largest economies on the planet uh destabilizing both of our economies at the same time would destabilize the global economy and she is also correct. Uh, so yeah, she's going to China. And that's that. What, what she will accomplish? I don't know. She's said something correct when she talks about trade with China. But um, everything else seems to be rather counterproductive. So we'll really just have to wait and see on this one. I am not holding my breath for Janet Yellen's trip to China. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.